podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! Hello? Hello. Ever since I turned 40, I've lost my inspiration. I have no joy. I'm having a hard time. What am I doing trying to make the films that I used to make? What if I make a documentary? And this is where you come in. I have no idea what I'm stepping into. Together, I believe we will make magic. Aaron, is that you? You are inspiring feelings in me. I don't know what to do. Oh my God. This is gonna be a good day. I'm very excited about it, okay? Brand new podcast from Parts Unknown, Strange Dive Through the Depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis, Glenn Bovane. We're back to talk another random Netflix title. Yeah, we're back to doing those. And uh, what was the place we used? Realgood.com's Netflix randomizer told us that we would be watching the 2017 found footage psychological horror film Creep 2. The sequel to Creep, which Glenn has seen, I believe, once upon a time, but I had never seen. Uh, based off of your vague memories of the first Creep, uh, does this tie into that movie in any way? Yeah, I mean, it's about Mark Duplass stalking and killing people. Well, not Mark Duplass specifically, but his character, I believe. Yeah, uh, no, him specifically. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean it's and it's kind of shot the same way. Like I don't know if you've ever seen a like a Joe Swanberg movie. No, but they're really like bare bones. They're mostly improvised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just people living a day, and then it's just kind of like, hey, this is what happens in 
the weeks of these people's lives kind of thing. Yeah. And some of them are good and some of them are hot garbage. And that's kind of the risk that you take when you're going to do, I would say, I guess, experimental filmmaking. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, it's found footage, but it's not like found footage. It's just, yeah. I I mean, you'll get into it, but it's just the conceit of it. So it's kind of like how the movie starts. That's kind of how the movie is. It's like hidden cameras and Mm -hmm. he just stalks these people and kills them kind of thing. Yeah. So there are only three characters listed in the starring roles of this movie. Mark Duplass, Desiree Akavan, and Karan Sony. And he is listed, I guess, because he's in the beginning of the movie. He's <laughs> so like in the first five minutes of He it. is in the first five minutes of the movie. So the movie is basically about uh, Mark Duplass's character, whose name is Aaron, I believe. And yeah, or David. Yes. It, it, he's a Joker like character, and you don't. He's an untrustworthy narrator. We don't really know what he's being honest about and what he isn't being honest about. And it's about him and Desiree's character, Sarah. And Sarah is a, I guess, a would-be content creator. She wants to create some sort of uh, quirky YouTube channel. I think the original idea is that she answers these uh, I don't know these. Uh, what I don't know what you would call them, but these ads for quirky guys who you know, one guy wants to be held like a baby and like stuff like that. And she wants to turn this into kind of like a docu series or something on YouTube. Yeah, who are these weird people? That sort of thing. But her videos encounters. Encounters is the name of the series. Yes, terrible name. Absolutely terrible name, but you know the name of this interesting idea. The name of this movie is Creep, so (laughs) we're not like we're not like Mensa level titles for our projects. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So, uh, and what's weird is that the name and the word Creep I don't think is spoken in the movie. No, not once. Yeah, despite how creepy Aaron is, but yeah, so. Her uh, her project is not doing very well. She's particularly down on herself when she sees an ad that Aaron puts in the paper, and she's intrigued by it because she doesn't know anything about this guy. And when she meets him, he confesses to her almost immediately that he is a serial killer, and he used to love killing people, but he sort of lost his passion for the game. It just feels like a job now. Yeah. And which immediately I was kind of sunk into this. I'm like, okay, this is really fascinating. And he talks about how he wants to document. He wants to get his story out there. He talks about how Francis Ford Coppola is like his, uh, his muse, muse. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. That Francis Ford Coppola is like a, he's a director in his decline, but he keeps trying to create something original, even though, Coppola has said that he doesn't feel like he's created anything original in a long time, but he's going to keep trying. And since the conversation, which is a good movie. Yes. And he, he keeps trying. So this is like his muse. This is uh, and he wants to do this to kind of, I don't know, find his, his reasoning for it kind of changes as things go. At first he says that it's kind of like a way to, uh, to, to put a cap on everything or to maybe find his mojo. It 
Uh, later we find out that his plan is that he wants her to kill him or, you know, essentially he's a guy though, that doesn't know what he wants. He's lost. He had something he loved doing, but he's lost his love for it. And that's where we meet Dave, uh, Karan Sony's character earlier in the movie. That's the last person he killed. And he does it so nonchalantly. He just looks so bored and dull with the whole act of slitting this guy's throat. It was actually very interesting uh, at the beginning, I thought. And so, he just, like, puts his arm on his head, too. Like, Yeah, just like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm sorry I wasted your time. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> and he's a weird, a very weird character. I mean, credit to Mark Duplass. He goes full frontal nudity within, like, the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of this movie. And he yeah, stands yeah. there for a long time and, like this. And... And they, you know, they do the reversal with her, but he zooms in just on her face. Yeah, it's. I thought that was like kind of a, a nice touch of, mm-hmm. you know, again, he's the producer of it. He's the um, writer. writer of it. Yes, you know, essentially the lead in real like, uh, in real life. So he's the one doing the nudity. I mean, you get yeah. a you get a little bit of topless nudity from her, but it also plays into it. Because he's a guy who we're pretty sure is a virgin. He's never even kissed a girl, uh, or at least so he says. And Maybe bisexual. Yeah, perhaps bisexual. And he is more interested in her face than the rest of her body. So I feel like it, in a real-world aspect, the writer and producer of this movie did a full frontal nudity scene, and the the female lead in this movie does not have to do that. And it also plays into his character, which is pretty bizarre, to say the least. Uh, He goes out of his way to show her video of him killing a friend of his with an axe, that sort of thing. (laughs) It's just, yeah, just like it's film flat. It's far away. Yeah. Like it's how you would, you know, one thing too is like, it's how you would, if they had footage of an actual murder, like that's how Mm -hmm. it would look like, right? Like it wouldn't be super cinematic. I mean, it was just like, he just walks up behind him, has his mask on. For like a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A surprising amount of time. And this guy didn't notice anything sitting on this park bench, but no, no. So the idea here is of course that she is interested in doing this. And at first, it was tough to gauge exactly what was going on here. I'm like, is if, I was wondering, is is Sarah damaged? Is she like turned on by this? Is this something that? Uh, but then I started kind of thinking that maybe she doesn't really believe this guy, and he's just a super weirdo, and he's so weird that this is like you know, because she goes into like the bathroom to like kind of film a a side piece, like a face to face as like the producer of the show sort of to talk to the audience. And she's like, okay, this guy is raising like every red flag. You haven't been talking to him for five minutes and his dick has already been in your face. She's like, but on the other hand, this is everything I want as a content creator. I haven't been talking to him for five minutes and his dick has been in my face. Like this guy is weird. And I, although I don't know what she thought she was seeing when this, when he, watch this guy put an axe in somebody's head. I'm relatively sure she believed him, I think. So they do sort of begin this process together, and it's a 
bizarre process. I mean, he even says it like, uh, you know, I read this book and it's, you know, journalists, you know, becoming part of the story or becoming intimate with the subject, like the yep. objective view is gone. Like they kind of lay it on thick with that. But I also think I'll kind of give him a pass because I think it, it was good to kind of get that clarity because it is just like, the, if you're supposed to be in her shoes, it's just like, I wouldn't have stayed like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> what, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. So yeah, uh, sorry. You can go. I just trying to insert little tidbits. Sure. No. Uh, so as things go on the, and, and as this process sort of goes on there, there is a point where he reveals to her that the finale of all of this is that, she's going to kill him and she can't go through with it. And as time goes on, he becomes very interested in her. And I think romantically, I think in a way for him, it's romantic as romantic as this guy can be. I Cause guess. he can't get a read on her. Right. And which right. She's very with us too. Right. You know? Yeah. She's very hit or miss. So he, yeah, he can't really get a read on her, which I think makes him like her. And the ultimately what he decides to do with her, his plan anyway, is that the film will end with them being Romeo and Juliet. And he takes her out to the woods where he's already Mm. dug a grave and he stabs himself multiple times. And he's like, okay, now you do it. Like, I can't hurt you, but you do it. And it's finally at that moment. Somehow it took that moment for her to be like, okay, the fuck. And then she runs, she runs off. <laughs> she just turns around and fucking runs. bolts. Yes. And the, and the fact of how they use the camera, like she's just gone in like 10 feet. Like, yes. Out. <laughs> uh, so he chases after her barely cause he's bleeding all over the place. <laughs> but, uh, she, I guess gassed out at some point and hid somewhere and then tried to attack him after the fact, but he got her and stabbed her a bunch of times and dragged her back to the hole and tossed her in. And he was going to go in there with her as well. But eventually he comes out to say something to the camera when she gets up out of the hole, grabs a shovel and just thwacks him in the back of the head and blood splatters everywhere. And she escapes. And the, I guess the, epilogue to all of this is we see her later living her life, but she is being filmed. And then we are heavily hinted that the person filming her is Aaron, who is not dead. Uh, So that's the end of the film. So uh, what were your thoughts on creep Two, Glenn? Uh, I liked it. It's a different movie. Um, I like some of the commentary that it has, like with horror movies, you know, because he constantly tries to do jump scares to her. Oh, yes. And, and none of them work out. I, I don't know if you jumped at any of them because I didn't. Um, not saying I'm impervious to jump scares. They definitely do work on me. But the whole thing mm-hmm. is, you know, they just, you know, it's not really. It's not a great jump scare. It's a cheap jump scare, but yes. And he does them repeatedly. So to me, it's like, okay, let's, well, you know, you're probably making a commentary like this is how the real horror is like being stuck in this guy's house in the woods in the middle of nowhere. You don't know anything about him. Uh, yeah. Is this really his house? Is he really a serial killer? Is he just some weirdo dude that's trying to get attention like every other guy I've seen? Yeah. The weirdness is his nonchalantness about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought 
ironically, I don't know if he was making a comment on Mark Duplass's own work in this, because he talks about how Francis Ford Coppola has doesn't feel like he's made anything original in a long time. And he, even though he hasn't, he's going to keep trying. And this movie felt like it was kind of original and then ended like every fucking horror movie ever. Yeah. yeah. And the least original ending of all time, which part of me thinks has to be on purpose that they went out of their way to really point out the, the Coppola thing. Well, cause it's a, or it's a horror movie. So there has to be continuation <laughs> with your villain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a Blumhouse production as well. Uh, I don't think this was as well made as other Blumhouse things I've seen. I mean, it's found. I'm really curious much. what the budget was. Like how much they actually spent, not so much paying themselves, but how much they actually spent. Yeah, and this is a Netflix release, right? Think- yeah, because I know the first one was pretty popular on Netflix, but again, if the movie costs like twenty bucks to make, like, yeah, it's not a huge commitment. I mean, I can't imagine them have uh, spent a whole lot of time filming this movie. Like, I bet it was pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't have to hide the camera. Like everything's being passed back and forth and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like that was probably part of it. Yeah. Uh, I got to see if I can find the, I don't think I can find, I mean, because it's a Netflix thing, I don't think we're going to be able to find any info on what the budget was for this, but I mean, it can't be that bad. Right. Well, the first movie, there's only two people. So yeah. the fact that they added a person into this one. Oh, yeah, for five minutes, yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I you know, you recognize the guy from some things, but it's not like he was super expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know. I feel like pretty much anybody could have made this movie for the most part. With, without, yeah, which with, an, with somewhat, an iPhone. Yeah, which I guess is somewhat inspiring i mean Mm -hmm. you know he's big in the uh indie scene and that kind of stuff so it's just like the same thing as which i know has a much higher budget but like high flying bird right you know that was filmed with an iphone Mm -hmm. now that's just steven soderbergh flexing but at the same time it's like you know hey you don't have to have the super fancy equipment you know you got a phone that everyone else has we can we can do this Mm -hmm. no i uh, I agree. I, I I would I would be curious to see what the numbers were, but I imagine not very expensive at all. So yeah, I'm trying to even just see what the budget was for the first one, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm not seeing anything. So I guess the real question here, Glenn, is: Did you like this movie? Yeah, I mean, I liked it for what it was. Um, I like the fact that it was a little different. Yeah. Uh. I don't think the ending particularly ruined it for me because it's, you know, you kind of half expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, even the scene like where he gets stabbed, like I think they do such a good job of POV, like especially in that instance where he, you know he's has the camera, and it's just like the way the camera's moving, like it's just he's staggering, like oh shit, man, I've I've really f this one up, like yes. I am, I am out of it, and so it's just like those little things like that. I enjoyed he's definitely a weirdo but it was mm-hmm. you know uh, and he definitely gets your nerves going but he is somewhat he's just so calm yep and then you know they even do little things like so you know I watch movies with subtitles on for the most part and I mm-hmm. had it on when I was watching this 
and the part where he wants to do the sequence in the river but yes. the bird keeps yes. interrupting him and he just gets so mad loses which his I'm, shit. you know that's probably just nods like things that happen in real life mm-hmm. oh the airplane um, going overhead <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. just we're just gonna wait and then they cut and it's still going and he's like this is the longest goddamn air it's taken forever <laughs> and uh you know so the 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 subtitles when he disappears and she can't find him. Yeah. And you hear like what you would think is snarling, right? You think, mm-hmm. oh, he's got the wolf mask on. He's going to. Yeah. But the subtitles kept saying snoring. I'm like, what? Uh, that's kind of weird. Ruined it. And it, it ruined it a little. Well, I was more confused because. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, because you know, like, what is that? Yeah. Subtitles can kind of mess up every yep. once in a while. Like, yeah. You'll, they'll just miss words. So I'm just thinking like, okay, that's I, that's weird that what sounds like a snarl, they're picking up as a snoring. Yep. And then, of course, you know, he's, he's asleep. First in the, face first in the sleep. dirt. <laughs> Sleeping. Sleeping. Yeah. Um, so so like there, there's just stuff like that I've I found fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I found enjoyable. I'm glad it wasn't super long. Like this one's like an hour and 20 minutes. Like I'm glad they're not it's not it's definitely stretched out a little too much i mean these i think the movie should have been like 45 maybe an hour like mm-hmm. you could have probably cut 20 minutes out of it but yeah, yeah i went by fast enough that i didn't feel like it was a huge waste of time yeah if you like horror movies and if you especially if you like quirky stuff i think this is probably a recommendation on my part uh, cause it's certainly, yeah, I wouldn't tell everybody to watch it. Yeah. yeah I don't think this right. is for, I don't think this is for everybody, especially if you like hack and slash stuff. This isn't really that, but if you like, if things that you find scary are weird people, then <laughs> yes, this is good for you to watch. Cause it is weird as hell. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, what would you give creep to Glenn? Uh, man, like a, like a three and a half. Maybe. Okay. I, yeah. I went with a three. This is out way outside of my wheelhouse, but I could on some levels appreciate what they were trying to do. And as I said, uh, and I can't lie about this, I was actually very intrigued at first. I would have yeah, been. I, more I will in- say the the best parts were the beginning, yeah. and then that's what I mean. I wish it was just more condensed because yeah, the gag kind of runs out. I think I would have been more intrigued if it just was him wanting to make a documentary about being a serial killer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like taking her out on one of his kills or something like that. Yeah. I was kind of expecting like, Oh, you know, like a Ted Bundy thing, like, Oh, Hey, yeah. he buried all these people in the same spot. Like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Cause thought, it is intriguing where it's like, Oh, I'm like the most prolific serial killer and no one knows about me. Yeah. He had like, 39 kills or 40 kills or something like that. And I I thought for sure that the whole story of this was just going to be his like re-sparking of his love for serial killing (laughs) again. You know, it was like a feel good story, but about a horrible person who does horrible things. Uh, But they did not. I mean, it kind of does. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Stalker, you know, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he did. He did in fact sort of find his muse, I suppose. uh, In that, in, at least in terms of his love for murdering innocent people. Uh, all right. So uh, that's that movie, but uh, we're not done yet. We're going to head on over to realgood.com to select another film to watch. Well, it will select another film for us to watch. So again, the, 
the the ground rules are no documentaries, no kid movies, no concerts, no stand up specials. Uh, Glenn and I did discuss beforehand if we do get some sort of iconic or popular film from the past, we will in fact watch it and review it because those are things we normally don't really get to talk about in depth anyway. The regular Cinema Geekly podcast is largely about current film. So, all right. We are going to spin the wheel again, and we will see what we get. Okay. Nope. Comedy special. This is, There's so many goddamn comedy specials and documentaries on Netflix. Now. I know. I know, right? Spinning foreign language film. Kid film. Is it the raid? Because I'll watch the raid. It was not the raid, <laughs> but I did get Despicable Me, which is a kid film. So we're not going to do we're not going to do that. Another foreign language film, another documentary. I mean, okay, we will watch this. Uh, finally, got something that was not a documentary or a kids film. Unless you wanted to watch Despicable Me, Glenn, in which case... Um, I mean, I've seen it. I think everyone kind of has their feelings about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's not what we're going to watch. We are going to watch the 1995 action and adventure thriller film GoldenEye 007. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> I got real excited when I saw that one. Any, I mean... I don't even have to go to Netflix for that one. I can just go grab my James Bond 50th anniversary collection Blu-ray set and uh, pop out GoldenEye and, and watch that. But yes, that's a, that was Pierce Brosnan's first uh, James Bond, I believe. And also... No, it was... Uh, no, wait, was it his first? Is GoldenEye the first one? I think... Yeah, because it's GoldenEye, yes. and then it's the one with Michelle Yeoh. Tomorrow never... And then um, die another no die, die another, another day. day that's the Madonna one. one. The world is not enough. That's world is the, not enough. Yes, that's the that's the third. Yeah, and then the last one's die uh, die another day with Halle Berry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited, and this of course also spawned one of my favorite video games of all time as well. So this will be good times for sure. All right, so that's the podcast. Uh, for now, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for Cinema Geekly, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time and uh, take another deep dive into the depths of Netflix with us as Glenn and I watch GoldenEye 007. Goldeneye 007.